0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Welcome. Um, Glad to be here this morning. Um, And like Pastor Josh said, we are in the middle of a series called becoming rich and so i've got the pleasure of speaking to you about um becoming rich from from the 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 idea or the title of op, uh, being an open treasury and i picked um those two words came specifically to to mind as i was as i was praying about this and they really well encapsulate what we're supposed to be like an open treasury, it means that we are a treasury, which means we we hold a treasure within within ourselves. But unlike banks, we're supposed to be open. Um, and so, want to start with um, with the, with with the theme, the ongoing theme of cars. I swear we didn't talk about this, um, but I had a couple of pictures of parking fails, that's probably the worst one for me, is the person who parks right near the line, right there. Um, That irks me more than... Let's go to the next one, perhaps that. You ever been at a shopping centre and that happens to you? Yeah. Um, What's the next one? I suppose that that's probably a solution to... What happens to you if you um if you park if if you find not finding parking buy a smart car and move it out? I have no idea I was going to get out of there <laughs> imagine being the person who drew up those lines. What would you be thinking um so while thinking about how to introduce uh, what the words that we're going to read today and the words of Jesus, um, the Lord impressed on me uh, a, a moment that we had together. And, and and it has to do with cars, that's why I was showing you that, and parking. And so, after we moved into a um, new place, Laura and I now get to share a gra- garage together. And so, one of the things that happened is I had to work out where my spot is, you know, that always happens kind of like how you pick which side of the bed you're going to go in when you move into a new house. Anyway, so I get to pick my spot, and I work out my dimensions. I need to park this far forward so that the garage door doesn't bang my car at the back, et cetera. And so one day as I'm coming home, I actually noticed that um, that Laura had actually parked a little bit crooked. Now I'm the one who parks crooked these days. Um, but she's par- she'd parked a little bit crooked, and I thought, ah, oh, actually, maybe I should try and how it is that she can park, what she needs to align herself with so that um, she knows every single time if you do this, it's going to happen. And so I started to do that. Next time I drove her car, I I tried to do that and align myself and tried to make sure that I was well adjusted so that, um, you know, I would be right on the, you know, enough room on the left, enough room on the right. And the idea was... through that was sort of like we could get our cars together. And during that moment, God actually stopped me and he said, Now, son, do you see how much attention you're paying to, to you actually adjusting this car and making sure that you're in the right place? I want you to pay as much attention to the words that I say to you. And one of the questions that I suppose I want to start with for us is, who adjusts in your relationship with God, wherever you're at, however he speaks to you, who adjusts? Because one of the things that we can count on is like, is that those cars, is that those lines are not going to move. They're not going to move. One of the things that we can count on is that the word of God remains the same forever. And so when we come, when we come and we face it and we are engaging with it, who adjusts? We do. Absolutely, we do. Now, that's a good thing to assume. Um, the other, th- the other thing about it is that we 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 can't assume that that's automatically what we will do because where we get our thinking mindset from is actually from Greco-Roman thinking, and part of that um, comes with the culture or with thinking of "I am the centre of the universe," and so we 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 can't assume that hey, I'm gonna just, yeah. And as we're going to see, with regards to becoming rich, Jesus has this encounter with a young person who um, who then is, is confronted with this issue of the heart, of who's going to move. So positioning matters. Your position matters. When it comes to the Word of God, your position matters. And how you adjust yourself matters. We read from Luke chapter 12. In verse 13, it says, Someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Um, This is one of those cases as well where... um, one of the questions that popped up for me was if you were found in the same room, sitting in a, at the same table of somebody who you regard as really important, um, they, they have influence, what sort of questions would you be asking? What kind of conversations would you be having? For this young person, he sees Jesus and he goes, Tell my brother to divide my father's estate with me. Your position matters. We heard last week that it is almost impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. We know that. And the pursuit of money and riches and all of our possessions places us in a trap for chasing after desires which cannot be fulfilled. When we choose to chase after things that are not heavenly, that don't have a... a, a an eternal significance, then we'll actually set ourselves in a trap of following after things that aren't, that are just going to destroy our soul. Jesus says um, within, within Matthew as well that you cannot serve both God and money. Either you'll love one, hate the other, or use one and worship the other. And this is where Jesus is getting at. He's getting at the point where he's saying, hang on a minute. Since when are we a thing? That's what he's saying to this young person. I didn't realize that we were at that level of relationship where I get to have a say like that. Because to Jesus, what's happening here is that this young, this person here is saying to him, Jesus, do what I want you to do. Serve me so I can attain possessions. How is it that we approach our relationship with Jesus? Is it just another step towards getting possessions? Is it just another step towards getting more money, more this or that, more, I don't know what it is. Or is Jesus himself the treasure? In this conversation, he goes straight to the heart of this young person and he he says to them, who, made, who actually made me to be a teacher? Because Jesus hadn't recognized that he had been made to, to be that. So who's in charge? In the next verse, Jesus said to him, Beware and guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Beware Guard against every kind of greed, life is not measured by how much you own. After he asks him the question, Jesus then goes straight to his heart, because the heart matters. And we we were in conversation earlier on, and, and one of the questions was like, how do we recognize what greed is? Because what seems to be our standard of living here in, in Australia or, or in, in in developed countries is a lot higher than what we'd actually find for probably the rest of the world. And so how do we recognise what greed is? One of the ways I, I found is to, is to pr- probably maybe define a greed is selfishly and intensely wanting something that you don't have that you don't need many, many times to the detriment of others. So, when you, when you want to spot greed, an easy one is to look for areas where you're not content. Look for areas where you're not content. Because this contentment is very closely followed by resentment and greed. This young man's discontentment had already distorted his heart to try and bend the hand of Jesus to get something out of selfish ambition. Greed usually follows an area of discontentment. So how do you guard against greed? We'll get to that a bit later. The main issue here for Jesus is between stewardship and ownership. Are you a steward or are you an owner? I was going to use this illustration with ships, but I thought that was a bit corny, so I stayed away from it. (laughs) Well, that wasn't actually a joke. (laughs) Are you a steward or are you an owner? That's the issue for Jesus. And so, As he's unpacking for this young man what he's talking about, he tells a story. And so we're going to follow along in verse 16 of chapter 12. He said, he told him a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, for those who like to speak to themselves, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then you say, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, then I'll have room enough for to store all of my wheat and other goods and I'll sit back and say to myself, "My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come now take it easy. Turn to the person next to you and say, "Take it easy, just take it easy." <laughs> Eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> rooted from greed, access to wealth, that, that, that is rooted in greed, access to wealth makes us or creates in us in the belief that we are the center of the universe. Just like this man said to himself, take it easy, self. Notice there's no one else connected to that conversation. If your life and your possessions, if, if your possessions are actually meant just for you, you're living your life too small. Because whatever it is that God has entrusted you with is meant to be for you and more people. We live our lives in such a small way if we think that everything we have under our stewardship is for us and only us to enjoy. And we need and and, and that that same place is where Jesus wants to speak into because he, he wants us to get out of a small minded mentality and to go into thinking, I have a lot of treasure but I don't need to close my vaults. This treasure is to be enjoyed by other people. When we are the center of the universe, we become God, and God doesn't become God. And so, how do we steward well? One of the ways we are steward well, and we know that we're stewarding well, is when we have gratitude in our hearts. Because when gratitude fills our hearts, we actually release instead of withhold. When we're greedy, we become arrogant, Resentment, resentful, and selfish. We close up our hearts and lives because we have made ourselves God. Gratefulness opens up our hearts to see more than just ourselves. Even though we also do see ourselves, we see ourselves as part of a bigger picture. A good steward will have a sense of gratefulness. Ungratefulness, when it's it's present it actually makes us take things for granted. That's how you can spot whether or not you're ungrateful. You ask, am I thankful for this or that person? Because when we think as if we're an owner, we, we actually then also become, um, what's the word for it? Small-minded. What have you been taking for granted lately? Is it your life? Do you assume that you will wake up tomorrow? Do you assume that you will have the same liberties that you have tomorrow? Is it maybe your money that you don't ask and Pastor Josh spoke about this is, is that uh, at times for some for some of us is that we won't think twice about buying a football game ticket, but we will go and seek God about what to give in an offering or whether or not we need to bless somebody perhaps both needs to need to have the same level of importance so that we're not caught up in this sense that hey some of this is actually mine no i'm actually a steward i'm a steward i don't own this there is a uh, and i don't know if i if if i gave you the link was uh, of the towards Zero, but there is this ad that's been playing over the TV lately. And um do you by any chance did I? No. Is it in there? The ad talks about the there there is somebody who's been interviewed and they say there's been this many deaths on the roads lately. <laughs> And it, it actually hits me to the core every time I see it. And so he asks him the question, what's a more acceptable number? <laughs> and, and he actually gives a number. He goes, oh, around 70. And I, and and interestingly enough, um, they've actually set this all up to have 70. Well, a lot of his family was prepared, but then he goes and he sends, oh, it's there? Oh, let's watch this. It's actually really impactful. It's really impactful. 191 people died on our roads. What do you think would be a more acceptable number? Um, acceptable? 70, maybe? Probably 70. Can you send 70? Actually, this is what 70 people looks like. So now what do you think would be a more acceptable number? Zero. Zero. It's pretty strong, isn't it? That's what taking things for granted gives us the mentality of. Is we actually forget the impact that that we have on those around us. And so, if you've been taking things for granted, I want to encourage you. Take stock and thank God. Take stock and thank God. James, the brother of Jesus, advises us this way. He says, Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say, is if the Lord wants us to, we will leave and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. Let's remain grateful. Let's remain so grateful. And so thankful for what we have. Remember, we brought nothing into this world. Paul writes to Timothy that. And when he's writing this to him, he's actually talking to him um, to tell this to anyone who's rich in his community. Remember, you brought nothing into this world. Not a single piece of clothing. Not even the family you've got. You didn't bring it. And you leave exactly the same. And so in this life, we are entrusted. We're not given, we are entrusted with what we have. So let's remain grateful. Because if we lose our gratitude, we lose our perspective. And if we lose our perspective, our world shrinks right down back to us. And just like Jesus is, is going after the heart of this person who just said to me, tell, you know, tr- come and do what I want you to do so I get what I want to get and, what I, and, and what's owed me, Jesus would say to us, don't lose. Don't lose your perspective. Don't get bogged down. And for that one, I use a little bit of a telescope. Because you're actually looking from the, for those of you that are following our little things at the bottom, um, you're actually going from small-mindedness to looking outside of yourself and what's bigger than yourself. Here's what Jesus um, finishes the story. In Luke chapter 12, he says, But God said to this fool, this rich person, You fool... You will die this very night after he said to himself, Relax, take it easy. God said to himself, to him, You will die this very night, then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have rich relationship with Jesus. Another way that Jesus would say this is in Psalm ninety. This is probably the most one of the most sober. <laughs> ways to look at it is teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's a prayer that I would encourage you to pray when, when you're finding yourself, hey, maybe I'm getting a little bit ungrateful. Maybe I'm not thankful for these. It's to ask God to, hey, God, help me to see my life as a vapor in the grand scheme of, thing, of things so I can actually have a good perspective about what I'm, tr- what I'm supposed to be doing with his riches, because I'm going to leave it here anyway. It's, I'm not taking it anywhere with me. So how do you guard against greed? Paul says in First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is unreliable. The trust should be in God which, who richly gives us what we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works, generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. I'm going to tell you a story of my conversation with Bobby, by the way, that's what that means. And That's, that's the idea, is that my eyes, when I look at what my perspective is, and God says to me, hey, why don't you be generous in this area? Why don't you do this with this possession or that possession? My eyes are on eternal perspective because I have no idea right now, if I just look with my earthly eyes, what my generosity is going to mean or have as an impact to your eternal Destination. And so I've got to look above myself and to see the treasure that could be and to store up the treasure in heaven so that I don't get bogged down in this is my world, these are my possessions. And so when God says release, I release because I'm open. When God says hold, I hold. When God says saw, I saw. And here's how we, I'll tell you about my conversation with Bobby. Early on this year, um, Laura had to take time off work to go and do her um, to go and do her prac. Yeah, that's right. As a social worker, she just graduated like two weeks ago. Um, but she had to take time off, and that meant that we were on one income. Now, for those of you who have a mortgage, um, yeah, I get your pain. <laughs> But we're on in one income, and so throughout this time, some of my fears and my anxiety, uh, my anxieties about money, start to rise up, and they're just in the back of my mind. Really, I'm not talking to really anyone about it. Of you know, I'm act- that I'm actually thinking, what if a car breaks down? We're going to be in debt. That's right in the back of my mind. What if something breaks in the house and we have to pay for it? We're going to be in debt. And so this was happening in the back of my head. And good thing is that God actually knows what's happening inside of your soul. Just like he knew this person saying to themselves, just relax. He knew that. And so we can't really hide anything from God. So I am in the middle of this uh, we're in the middle of this and, and somewhere in the middle. And I happen to have a conversation with Bobby on a certain Monday out here in the office. And as I'm having a conversation with him, I'm asking questions, we're joking around. And then um, I usually like to get real serious real quick. And <laughs> and so he starts talking to me about um, Isaac and how Isaac in Genesis, he, he talks about how Isaac actually ended up sowing in the time of famine. (laughs) And my heart and my spirit got arrested in that moment. I remember nothing else that he said to me. I promise you, I remember nothing else. But I stopped right there in my spirit and I knew that was God speaking to me and challenging me in my time of famine. God, we don't have enough. He was saying, You need to change your mindset about what I can tell you or not tell you to do with your money. Because it's not yours to start with. What Bobby didn't know and how I knew that that was God talking to me is that a week earlier, I had just read that passage. And like a good Christian, I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's time to adjust next week. But God wasn't going to let me off, right? Who gets to say what with our money? Depends on our perspective, where we position ourselves either as a steward or as an owner. And we delude ourselves if we think we're the owner. We delude our hearts. Because when our hearts are deceived, we close the vaults. We stop being generous, and we stop being grateful. And as I was praying into this, the Lord impressed me a couple of things. That that there would be people here this morning, and you work so hard, you work so very hard, you have forgotten that God gives you the grace to enjoy what He's called you to work for. And He's proud of the fact that you work so hard. But He's also saying to you, you know, you're going to leave a legacy behind you that says it's all about work and no enjoyment. God gives us the grace to enjoy some certain things. For others, it's that you think you're God. Everything around you centers around you. For some of us here, this is an encouragement and you know that this is your mindset. And God is just saying to you, keep on going. Something a little more, a bit more practical that, that I usually do when, uh, when I need to check my gratitude levels and my who's the boss levels is I look for something and maybe this is something that I would, this is actually something that I would like to challenge you with is I go and I look for something that I like that I bought for myself. And then I go and I give it away to somebody else who's probably not even going to appreciate it as much as I'm going to appreciate it. And when I do that a few months or even weeks or days down the track I remember that thing. And it creates this, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to find another replacement? And, and, and then a few months down the track, I look for another thing that I like, that I bought for myself. And I ask God, is it time for this to move on? Because I don't want to be a hoarder. I don't want to hoard. And so my prayer today for all of us is that we would be able to soar in the time of famine if God says so. Because our eyes are on eternal things, not on the things below. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.